to the Beef Watch Podcast. I'm Aaron Berger, a Nebraska Extension Beef Educator. For today's Beef Watch Podcast, we're going to be discussing an article from the April issue of the Beef Watch newsletter titled Preventing Grass Tetany in the Lactating Beef Cow This Spring. This article was co-authored by Dr. Carla Wilkie, as well as Dr. Mary Janowski. And to discuss today's topic, I am joined by Dr. Mary Janowski, who's a Nebraska Extension Beef Systems Specialist. Thanks for joining me today. Well, I'm I'm glad to be here, Aaron. Dr. Janowski, as we look at this year, we, we've talked about this a lot, I know, already throughout many beef podcasts this year, but just the impact of the drought. And as we look to this spring, looking at the potential of potential greater risk for grass tetany in certain situations because of the drought, because of changing in feeding management, walk through with us, I guess, some of the fundamentals around understanding what causes grass tetany. And then what are some things we can think about from a management perspective to minimize risk of that occurring? Okay, Aaron, let's let's start with kind of the big picture about what causes grass tetany. And I think the first thing that everybody probably knows, but it's important to recognize, is that grass tetany is caused by low blood magnesium. And the part that maybe people don't understand is that it's not necessarily caused by the feed resource being low in magnesium, but often is actually because we have other components in the diet that are actually negatively affecting the absorption and thus actually lowering the amount of magnesium that's actually entering the body. And so when we think about lactating cows and in the spring, when we say grass tetany, what's really going on is that lactation increases the need for magnesium because they're going to be excreting some in milk. And in particular, colostrum is really high in magnesium. So they have a higher requirement, right? So there's more pull on that animal. And so thus they're going to have a higher requirement or more need. But then we also typically, you know, we're combining that with putting them out on a cool season forage. And if it's lush, it often has high potassium and high nitrogen, both of which interfere with magnesium absorption. And so grass tetany is usually because of that circumstance. And what do we do? Everybody knows we feed them a high mag mineral. What's different in this year is that uh, we may have a situation where two things can happen. One is that maybe we don't Um, have cows that we're turning out that are lactating and we're having to feed them. And so I'd like to talk a little bit about that situation. And then the other one is when we do turn out, there might be a little bit higher risk for grass tetany this year because there isn't as much old growth because we had the drought and a lot of people utilized all that forage last year, if that makes sense. So I do think it's important to recognize the risk of grass tetany and the solution seems simple, right? We feed more magnesium, maybe a high mag mineral, and then we maybe we should talk a little bit about intake uh, of high mag mineral as well. So let's first talk about the scenario of feeding, and maybe we're extending the amount of time we're feeding because we aren't going to be able to turn out to grass as early as we would like to. Or let's also just talk about maybe we're feeding things this year that are different than we typically would because of the shortage of forage. Yeah. So the first thing to recognize is that as we think about this year and maybe either feeding longer or feeding uh, other feed stuff is that you can still have the potential for antagonists and 
in two particular situations I want to point out. One is alfalfa. Alfalfa hay can be a great protein source, right, for lactating cows. And if it's really high quality, it might also have, you know, decent energy. But often what comes with alfalfa that is high quality is also high potassium and, of course, high nitrogen because that's where the protein comes from. And so just like we're talking about cool season pastures, I have ran into several instances where people were feeding a fairly high alfalfa hay diet to early lactation cows and ran into tetany. And so I want people to recognize that if you are using a significant amount of alfalfa in the diet, especially even if you're pairing it with something like corn silage, corn silage is also low in magnesium, then you kind of have a recipe for grass tetany. And so the solution is, again, um, you can feed a free choice high mag mineral, or you can force feed it uh, by top dressing it over top of a diet if you're actually providing them a diet. And we're really looking for something that's like for a four ounce mineral, we're still looking for like a 10% magnesium diet. So that's something I don't know that people traditionally think about is the high content of alfalfa uh, being ha- having it be high in potassium and the potential for grass tetany or tetany, I guess I should call it. The other one is we've ran into these diets where we're feeding, say, distillers and low quality forage. Um, Distillers is also fairly high in potassium. It's high in nitrogen and it's also high in sulfur. And sulfur also interferes with magnesium absorption. So we've run into some tetany in that situation as well. And so I recommend that if you're feeding distillers, and I'm talking, you know, a diet that has 30% or more of the diet being distillers, that we go ahead and feed a high mag mineral at that point as well to those lactating cows to avoid the potential of tetany. Because Tetany is a challenge, right? It's not like you can see it coming and you can make an adjustment. Usually people realize they have a problem when they have a dead cow and we'd rather not have dead cows. So an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure in this case. Mary, help us think through logistics of getting cows to consume a high mag mineral. Uh, Why is it important to start feeding it before we anticipate we may actually need it? Help us think through that a little bit. Yeah. So the big reason why we always say to start feeding it about 30 days uh, before calving or before turnout, if uh, turnout's after calving, is is really just about getting intake dialed in. And because magox is often used as a magnesium source and it's bitter. And so sometimes cattle don't want to eat high mag mineral. Actually, oftentimes they don't want to eat high mag mineral unless it has something in there that increases the palatability. So a lot of commercial mixes have been formulated and they're formulated well to get that intake. But sometimes you'll find one that maybe doesn't work quite the way you want to, or your cows don't uh, particularly want to eat it. And so we got to think about how do we get them to eat it? So what we're looking for, if you're going to go out and buy a mineral, I always tell people, go ahead and look in the ingredients and you want to look for something that says molasses or maybe says like a grain byproduct in the ingredients, because that's likely to increase palatability. And a lot of times high mag commercial mineral mixes will have something in there to help with palatability. If your cattle are not eating it, then you can actually add something to the mineral to help make it more palatable, like 
you know, dry distillers or soybean meal, or heck, even a little bit of corn ground, fine ground corn will work to just cause them to want to eat that uh, material a little more. But remember that if you do that, you're still shooting for the four ounces. So a quarter of a pound of a day of intake of the mineral mix, not of the total, including whatever you added to it. So I think that's the first thing is so it gives you some time to kind of gauge that and adjust and make sure that you're going to have them eating and getting enough magnesium to overcome that negative impact of the antagonist. So the high potassium and high nitrogen. Um, The other option is like if you're already hand feeding an energy or a protein supplement, then you could just add magnesium oxide to that supplement. And that avoids some of the palatability issue because usually that means that um, the energy or protein supplement that you're providing uh, usually is tasty enough to overcome the bitterness of the magox. And what we're looking there is like five pounds of magox per hundred cows to get what you really want in there. And that's, you've got to feed it daily. That's really important because they have to have a consistent intake of magnesium to avoid the tetany issue. One other caveat to that is that You also need to make sure if you are not providing like a free choice mineral, um, you do need to be providing salt because salt is important for absorption of magnesium. So uh, sometimes people might provide the magox, but if they're not providing salt, you can still run into problems because you don't get it absorbed like you need to. Um, So that's another thing to remember. So if you provide your uh, mineral in a TMR or in a... uh, a hand-fed supplement, do make sure you're providing salt. I don't suggest providing salt separately if you're providing a high mag mineral because salt is the main driver for intake. And so if you do that, they're unlikely to eat that more bitter compound. So you want to take away any free choice salt if you're using a free choice mineral mix. Mary, anything else on this topic you think would be valuable for producers to think through as they consider the possible risk of grass tetany? Yeah, it, I do think um, as as we're kind of talking through, uh, okay, that's if I'm feeding them in dry lot. Just remember that before cows go out to grass, and this year we may have uh, more lush, rapidly growing cool seasons, hopefully, cross our fingers, we do, um, that you also still have to be thinking about the traditional, what we're saying, grass tetany idea. And really early lactation is the key time period. And so once they kind of get over that, you know, 60 to 90 days post-calving, you're, you're much less risk. So if, if you're past the, the brunt of the lush cool season grass and um, you're past that time period, you can go ahead and then move on to, you know, your normal mineral mix, if that makes sense. They don't store magnesium. You can't like build it up. They have to have constant intake. Um, So making sure that you're providing that in a way and they're eating it is very important to prevent trouble. Thanks again for joining me today. I appreciate the opportunity to make sure that we're getting information out to our clientele. Well, for more information on the topic that was discussed in today's Beef Watch podcast, you can find this article in the April issue of the Beef Watch newsletter. The title of the article was Preventing Grass Tetany in the Lactating Beef Cow This Spring. Also, I would mention in the article, there's a link to the NEB guide G2340 titled Formulation Considerations for Minerals and Vitamins Supplements for Beef Cows. That's a NEB guide that talks about things you need to look for 
for mineral supplementation in the beef cow herd.